Hey, Will, like I normally do, I just want to take a moment to tell our listeners to make sure they hit us up on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you might see us. Make sure you're sending us something. Also, you can email us directly at AppalachiaMeetsWorld at gmail.com. If you get a moment, shoot us a line, give us some feedback. Yeah, and wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to Appalachia Meets World. It just helps our podcast, but it also helps you know when we're releasing a new episode. you know, Alaska to see a show, you know, a concert around here. But, you know, that's something that over the years we've been able to kind of cultivate. Appalachia Meets World, a podcast about place and perspective and always Appalachia. And don't forget, Will, tonight's episode is powered by SOAR. Shaping our Appalachian region. You're a entrepreneur out there especially in eastern kentucky check them out appalachia meets world we're back another week it's will and neil what up my man what's going on trying to make things happen and uh keep our listeners entertained as well so uh, a lot to keep up with right now a lot to keep up with nowadays will i know it just passed but how was your mother's day weekend did you celebrate with your mother good you know uh, you know I, I did i spent some time with mom remember that mom i spent some time with you not will uh but anyway got mom got some great gifts from you she proudly wore her t-shirt if uh, our listeners need any ideas and my brother is great at coming up with with good gifts for people but just to tell our listeners a little bit about it there's four of us and uh will the good son got her a t-shirt with all four of us pictured on it with the the words we're awesome thank you so <laughs> i thought it i thought it was pretty good willie coming through with a, a special t-shirt for mother's day <laughs> it was nice and not to mention the other thing the book that you've been working on man not to get too sappy on our on our podcast here but what an awesome thing so Will's been working on a book with my mom for the last year and a half that they had published all about my mom's life. If you know my mom, you know how how highly we think of her, all of us kids and everyone in our family. And that book just uh, allows us and allows her the opportunity for her legacy to live on through our kids' kids and their kids. And just such a great idea. And I'm grateful to both of you for getting that done. Yeah, definitely. It was a, it was a lot of work on her part. I just supplied some questions, but she had to do, she had to write the stories. You know, we talk about storytelling in Appalachia all the time. She had to be the storyteller of her own life. And then, uh, like you said, it can, it can live on through generations. Yep. If any of our listeners want a good read, man, I guess just contact us and we'll start selling our mom's book. 
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> Major gone. Absolutely. What about our app news section, Will? What do you got for us this week? Yeah, I got a little bit this week, man. I know last week we talked about the Rural Partners Network that met in Pineville. Rural Partners Network, if you're not familiar, you can go back and check out the link. But also, it's a gathering of federal organizations, funding organizations. They all met in Pineville last week. But I wanted to mention that because... The ARC announced at that meeting $500,000 to local development districts in eastern Kentucky, which I thought was a pretty cool announcement. But also I wanted to mention it because Rural Partners Network, I guess they're on a tour because next week, the May 23rd and 24th, they're also going to be in Charleston, West Virginia for another meeting like that. It's where funders can connect with local experts, local organizations to help make that connection, to help make those fund that funding. Also wanted to mention last weekend, we missed it again, Neil, the 52nd annual Appalachian Fest was held in Coney Island in Cincinnati. It's held there every year on Mother's Day weekend. Next Mother's Day, I guess you can try to attend. Yep, also, I'm still trying to figure out why it's there, but I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with this show, this show, but Taste the Nation with Padma Lakshmi. He's the host of this show on Hulu, Taste the Nation. And this past episode, episode 203, they had Travis Melton on, who's a famous Appalachian chef. He now uh, is the chef at Hickory. It's in Bristol, Virginia. It's at the end and Nice Works Farm and Vineyards. I think we've mentioned it before during our food episode, but he was on that episode. It's really cool. I just wanted to read a quick quote that he had. He said, I want to shine a light on what Appalachian food is, the cultures that have culminated it. We're not this bastion of poor white people in a holler, which this place has been pigeonholed into. That's been my life's goal and mission since I left Comfort. That was his original restaurant. This show really hit all the points for me. They wanted to show the Appalachia that I know. So I thought that was a pretty cool quote. It's a really good episode. If you get a chance, check it out. Also, I wanted to mention in the New York Times, they had 36-hour itinerary this recent, this past week for Asheville, North Carolina. And as part of that, they had to definitely check out the Hood Huggers tour, which we've mentioned on here. Dwayne Barton is the founder of the Hood Huggers International. He gives a tour there in Nashville. It's really of the black experience in Nashville, the black history in Nashville. It's really cool. We've talked about the Peace Garden there on previous episodes. We talked about this tour. If you're in Nashville and you want something a little different, definitely check it out. A couple more things. Last week was National Travel and Tourism Week. We're on the tail end of that. I actually just came out of that, but I wanted to mention it. It's the 40th National Travel and Tourism Week, which, you know, celebrates tourism, the importance in economic business and community development. But as part of that, it's kind of festival season in Appalachia, Neil. Oh, it absolutely is. You know, our favorite one's right right around the corner, Will. That's right. And what would that be? The KMLF, the second oldest festival in the state of Kentucky next to the Kentucky Derby, the Kentucky Mountain Laurel Festival in the Gym City of Pineville, Kentucky. That's right. Festival season definitely has kicked off in Appalachia, but we wanted to mention that because 
in years past, we've always highlighted the festival in an episode. Last year, we were there live. We want to do something a little bit different this year. On the tail end of the festival, a week after, they're having the fourth annual Laurel Cove Music Festival. Yep. If you've seen the lineup this year of local, regional, even national talent coming to this festival to perform, it, you know, it, it, it's now in the fourth year drawing people from all over the country. Yeah, well, it's a big deal. We've talked about it before, and I'm so looking forward to this conversation we're about to get into. Yeah, with the Bell County Tourism Director, Mr. John Grace, who's also the organizer of the festival. We wanted him to have him on here to highlight the festival, highlight what's going on. So what do you say, Neil? Well, you want to just get him on here? Let's do it. And I have traveled such a distance Just to see the smile that's on your face And I have traveled far and wide And I have died and lived and flown through time And the most familiar happiness I've ever known is here with me again Tucked away inside my home This rolling stone has found a rock to call his friend And if you wonder where my heart is When I'm out on the road Lord, it's right at home I left it, honey, just for you if you wonder how I'm doing, know that I am doing fine. But I wish I was in Virginia on the Russell County line. On the episode today, we have a special guest, John Grace. He's a native of Eastern Kentucky, the current Bell County Tourism Director and the organizer of the Laurel Cove Music Festival as well as a self-proclaimed live music enthusiast. So, John, we want to thank you for being on the show. We appreciate your time. Likewise, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Like most Appalachians, our family's big on history, big on tradition. One of the traditions we have, we have appetizers at the holidays. Usually oh, yeah. it's gigantic spread of appetizers before we even eat. So uh, we wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite appetizer or just holiday dish? Yeah, so I heard this on your last podcast with David, so I kind of came prepared a little bit. Uh, if we're talking Thanksgiving, man, I'm, I am I got a sweet too. So like sweet potato casserole and then anything potatoes, man. I'm, I'm very much meat and potatoes. So anything that, that is potato derivative, I'm a fan of. But sweet sweet potato casserole was always a big thing. Broccoli casserole, stuff like that. So I like it. I like it. So sweet potato casserole with a ton of marshmallows on top or? Oh, yeah, yeah, brown sugar, my friend, got it. You know, I think David even said, you can't have too much brown sugar, man. That's, that's, that's a must. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now they have have that question out of the way. Really had you on here. We, we've in the past, people that listen to the show know where we're from. We've highlighted mm-hmm. the, the Mount Laurel Festival almost every mm-hmm. year. We, we were live there last year. We did an episode live. This year, we want to do something a little bit different. There's a there's the, another festival, which I mentioned in the intro, the Laurel Cove Music Festival that is on the tail end of the Mount Laurel Festival. And we, we really wanted to highlight that, that this year. That's why we had you on the show. Before we get into that, maybe you could give a little background about yourself and how you got 
the position or how you came to be the tourism director there in Bell County? Yeah, uh, sure. So uh, I graduated. I, I was like a lot of kids. I went to and got a degree in something that I had no intention of ever doing. <laughs> I got my degree from in um, information systems and networking. Quickly realized that I did not want to do that. So tourism kind of came up as a hobby. It actually started through ATVs off-roading, and that's something we're still working on. So we, uh, I was, you know, I was like a lot of mountain kids, man. I always liked being on four-wheelers. And then I started looking at what they were doing in Harlan County, developing an off-road park through volunteer work and some semi, I don't want to call it contract work, but we basically got through volunteer efforts, uh, an off-road park in Bell County where Boone Ridge is actually going to go now. So it started doing that. and then. Through that, I was able to talk the judge executive, Albie Brock, into hiring me 2006 or seven as the adventure tourism director because he saw the potential of what the, the ATV park could do um, from an economic impact standpoint for tourism. You know, I basically told him, I was like, listen, you know, I want to get fired from my job if I keep working on this because <laughs> all I was doing was working on that. Um, so he was, he was gracious enough to take a chance on me. And, um, so I learned how to do stuff like write grants and, you know, basically start from scratch. Um, uh, but that was my intro into tourism was basically managing that ATV park and helping, you know, I, I got some grants for like Pine Mountain State Park to clear some trails and do some stuff and, uh, to improve some of the parks in the county. So that was kind of my introduction. I worked for the fiscal court for almost 10 years. Um, so I've been doing, you know, tourism related stuff almost 20 years now. Uh, this, this job for uh, the tourism director job in Bell County came open in 2016. Um, and I applied for that and uh, was thankful to get it. And it's one of those things that's awesome because, you know, I can work a whole ton of hours and it really doesn't feel like it. I don't take for granted having a job that I really enjoy. It's kind of nice to be able to do something you love in a place that you love. It might not even seem like work. For sure. You know, I've always thought tourism could be something that's viable for Bell County. Um, you know, ever since we started having those uh, ATV rides and stuff like that, and I always saw the potential of what we had um, just by folks that would come here and, you know, see some of the views and be like, man, you all live in the most beautiful place in the world. You know, why Why isn't more people coming here? And But it's been neat, you know, kind of a combination of outdoor recreation and then uh, frontier history you know we're we, we're blessed to have a, a state park and a national park we're the only county in the state that has that we've got seventy thousand acres of public hunting which is the most in the in the state so all these outdoor recreation opportunities and then obviously the 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 history aspect with the gap and then we've also introduced like beefing up our events live music and, and not only that just other events too trying to have a really strong event catalog um, because we we found that that is probably one of the biggest catalysts for tourism growth here is having events that people will travel to. And that used to not be the case. People wouldn't come from, you know, Alaska to see a show, you know, a concert around here. But, you know, that's something that over the years we've been able to kind of cultivate. And There's obviously this transition away from energy, away from extraction, and not only Bell County, but the entire region of Central Appalachia, and it has shifted to tourism. I was going to ask you, you mentioned Boone's Ridge. How much of a game changer do you think that'll be for the area there in Bell County? Huge. I mean, it's it's astronomical, you know, and we've been waiting for something like that. You know, I've always said, you know, I came from a, a family of coal miners and even spent a really, really, really short time as one myself. 
you know, so I I I, I understand the uh, how how folks identify with that. The thing we always needed to realize, I think, one thing that the 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 collapse of the mining industry taught us was that you don't need to have your industry propped up on any one thing, whether it's resource extraction or tourism or anything else, because if something happens to that neg you know negates it, then you're you're up the creek without a paddle. So I thought I thought tourism could be one of the pillars that could be, you know, something that our economy could be propped up on. And, you know, obviously, but Boone's Ridge is going to be a game changer. You know, you know, they're projecting 800,000 to a million people, even worst case scenario, if they got half of that or less, it would still be an astronomical game changer. Yeah. So it, it's something that, you know, it's not going to only affect us, you know, it's, it's something that, affects the entire region and we're going to have to uh, get ready for it. I, I heard David talk about, you know, folks staying in London and that far away. We're going to do everything we can to make sure they stay here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's goal number one, you know, I, nothing against London and Corbin, but I, I want every hotel room in Bell County filled up first. And then, you know, yeah. we, we need more hotels, you know, even without Boone's Ridge right now, we're, our numbers have been pretty steadily increasing over the past five or six years. And, even without Boone's Ridge, we need more hotels right now. And that's something we're kind of working on too. So, you know, one of the things that brings in people like you mentioned and, and to fill those hotel rooms up is the Laurel Cove Music Festival, which you started four years ago. First of all, the, the Cove is a special place for me. You know, I grew up in the Mount with the Mount Laurel Festival. The Cove is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful. I won't call it man-made. I know it was back in the day, but it's almost naturally based venues yeah. in all of Kentucky, if not all of the country. I just think it's yeah. a special place. I've heard it referred to as the Red Rocks of Appalachia, which mm -hmm. I think saying that is is pretty pretty cool for, for uh, the region, but also Bell County and Pineville. Growing up, the Cove was always there, but there wasn't a lot of events. There wasn't a lot of things that actually occurred there except for the Mount Laurel Festival. I think when you came along, we talk about doers all the time on this show. We needed some doers to actually put something on there that was going to stick or that people would actually be excited about, interested in. And I think that's something that you've achieved with the Laurel Cove Music Festival. Can you just talk about how it kind of got started? Uh, so, yeah, getting back to what you say, it's, you know, the thing with the Cove is it, it is naturally just breathtaking. It's it's really hard to describe it unless you've been there. And, you know, I've heard the same thing. People compare it to Red Rocks and I've been to, to Red Rocks and it's it's weird because uh, they were both built by the Triple C, which is it's, uh, it was a initiative under FDR, uh, like a public work initiative. So it's kind of weird. It's awesome to hear those comparisons because there's a, there's a shared, a common thread between the two, but yeah. So it started, um, my friend Blake and I were at a, a concert, um, in Irving, Kentucky in 2018 called kicking it on the Creek, which is still one of my all time favorite music festivals. It's just the atmosphere of that festival was really different than anything. And we got the idea to, to try to have a music festival i had you know been in the tourism job about two years at that point so i got to thinking about where to do it at the cove came to mind pretty quickly it just kind of clicked it was like that's that's the place it needs to happen the first year we had it there it actually got rained out it rained so hard that we actually had to move it inside we had about 350 people 400 people there that year um, 2019. So we were able to move it to the conference room and it was still great. 
but in 2021, when we had it there, we all, we pretty much sold it out in 2021. We sold a few less tickets because we had just come off the COVID restrictions. Literally that day was, was, was the end of the COVID restrictions. Just to have everybody come back from that period of COVID and having a, you know, meeting there, we could tell from that event that we were on to something pretty special. And it's just grown ever since. I mean, this year we've sold it out. We've got, I think, 26 states coming, uh, two foreign countries. So um, pretty impressed. I mean, I, I I couldn't do it without. I've got, I mean, I, I was telling you earlier, the only reason that happens is a massive collaborative effort between us, uh, the city of Pineville and the state park. And then I've got a group of about nine or 10 friends um, that I've met over the course. Some I've known all my life, some I've known for the past couple of years, but you know, it's kind of a, it's a grassroots thing that we all put on just out of, you know, love for music that, you know, we, we want, we want to showcase Bell County and, and what we have and, and the Cove, but it's just, just a, uh, it's a very community driven thing and it uh, takes a lot of people working together in unison to, to kind of pull it off. And you mentioned, you, you know, it's sold out. There is a waiting list you can get on, but, but I think that kind of serves to the identity that has kind of formed around this festival of, of kind of keeping it small, not limiting it, but it's limited in, in the, the capacity that you can have at the cold. But it also, I've heard in from past festivals of the, of the Laurel Cove and, and, and people that were in the lineup that it's more of a family atmosphere for this concert, that all the performers, you know, celebrate each other at this concert and there's no real competition. They all want to be there and they come back every year. And we've discussed on this program how important festivals are to small towns. How important is this to Pineville and the Bell County region to not only showcase the musical talent, but also the region as a whole? And how have you kept that identity, that small identity and family atmosphere? Yeah, uh, I think that's probably the most important thing that we wanted to be. We wanted this to be a music festival for folks who don't really enjoy big music festivals. And, you know, it's not a slot to big music festivals because I, I go to a few every year, but an interesting story. So I was at uh, a music festival last year. I just about slipped and said which one, but people <laughs> could probably guess. And we were in line about an hour and a half for beer slash water, and it was baking hot. And uh, right as soon as we got to the front of the line, a lady that I'd never met before turned around. She said, you don't know me or my husband, but I just wanted to let you know we would give anything to be at Laurel Cove right now. And I was like, you know, that, that kind of shocked me. And I was like, you know, that means a lot because that's we try to be focused on making sure that we provide folks with the best event experience they could have. And bands take notice of that, too. You know, bands, you know, a lot of stars aligned for this um, because our our region right now, Eastern Kentucky, West Virginia, even Southern Ohio and places like that has got a really strong music scene right now and so much untapped talent. So we knew that we can never afford the the Tyler Childers or the Chris Stapletons of the world. But we, we, what we knew is that, you know, we go to enough concerts and festivals ourselves that we know who's kind of coming up next. And that was kind of the goal from the get-go was to showcase all the up and coming talent that was about to take the next step and, and, you know, and a lot of local talent that sometimes doesn't get booked on festivals. You know, we've got a lot of local talent on, on our um, festival too. That's from right here in the Bell County area, it, but it is, you know, the bands feel it. 
Um, and that's that's one of the things we wanted to make sure that it was very laid back and easy for them. As, as much as it was easy for the people who attend, we want it to be easy for the bands. And they can feel that. And like I said, it's one of those festivals where you don't see the band going and cowering in their bus for, you know, the entire festival. They're walking around talking to people. You know, it's uh, it's very laid back. Like I said, a lot of stars had to align, but it's um, taken a little while to cultivate that atmosphere. But in, in a lot of ways, it happened pretty naturally, too. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. It's a different festival for sure. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about the, the the bands that come in there, the lineup this year. In the past, I know I know last year you the headliner was Charles Wesley Godwin. I've seen him live. It may be one of the best. I mean, I've seen a lot of live shows, but he, I mean, singer songwriter, he's one of the best. Uh, this year, the lineup, you know, forty nine Winchester um, out of Southwest Virginia, Arlo McKinley, which I think has made a second home in Pineville and Bell yeah. County. He's, He's the only there. person that's got a key to the city of Pineville. So <laughs> that yeah. tells you anything. Yeah. But John R. Miller, some local talent, Tim Gooden, who we had on the show not too long ago, is really making a name for himself. Drayton Farley, the local honeys, Britt Taylor, I think is a real up and coming artist. That's uh, got some good music out there, but you also have some, it's not just singer songwriters this year. It's like Wolf Prim Branch. It's laid back country pickers, Buffalo Wobs, Red Clay Strays, just some different talent. Did you purposely do that this year to bring in talent that weren't just singer songwriters to make it a little bit different? For sure. So last year, and it kind of had, you know, I looked back at our, you know, when we started figuring out what direction we wanted to go in. Because I want to keep it fairly consistent. I looked back at 2021 and then looked at 2022. And I loved our 2022 lineup last year. Like I said, Charles Godwin's a friend of mine. Super talented dude, like blowing the world up right now. Sierra Farrell's the same way. But I looked across the lineup and it was fairly, I don't want to say cookie cutter, but it was a lot of singer-songwriters. You know, we've got a, a ton of talented singer-songwriters from, from this area. But, the, you know, I looked back at our 2021 lineup and it was way more diverse. There was blues on there. There was bluegrass. There was, you know, rock. There was country. There was, you know, all these different genres of music. And so the my group of friends and I, who we got kind of a group chat and I was like, you know, I think we need to go back to that because I don't want it to just be a country singer songwriter festival. I want it to be diverse enough to where people who are fans of all different kinds of music can come and maybe see an act that they know and then find two or three that they haven't seen before that they that they will go away liking but so yeah it was definitely a conscious effort to um to make it more diverse this year as far as what kind of genres were represented across the lineup and you know hopefully we accomplished that like you said there's you know, somebody like S.G. Goodman or the Red Clay Strays, the Red Clay Strays who are kind of bluesy rock, um, S.G. Goodman, who's almost kind of like alt country with a little bit of punk, and then 49 Winchester, who are like southern rock, but kind of have almost like soulful side to them. They, they're, I mean, so yeah, there's a lot of different types of music in it, but, but somehow it's still, it's cohesive. You got to find that fine line between having uh you know all these different genres represented but but it's still being kind of going meshing well together so hopefully we've done that um uh, you know a lot of people seem to be happy with the lineup this year which means a lot again our budget is very constrained compared to most festivals so it, it's uh you know it's one of those deals where we can't afford to miss very often if ever 
So I'm yeah. glad that, you know, I'm glad that people seem to enjoy it. I, I think artists, especially local talent, understand how important this is for the area. I, I know aside from your budget, I think some of them will, will perform here because they're from here, because they understand how important it is to the region to attract people. We say all the time on here, if we can just get people to Eastern Kentucky, they can understand what Eastern Kentucky is all about. It's, mm-hmm. it's just getting them here in the beginning. Yeah. That's kind of the hard part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, so, like you know, and it is, it's like I said, it's the best form of marketing, but the impact it has, I mean, you know, all the hotel rooms from within an hour are sold out. You know, we had, the, the state park was nice enough to allow us camping this year, which is, was a game changer. You That's know, awesome. adding those 70 sites or so was huge. And, you know, Wait. these people come and spend money in all these local small businesses. So it's it's got a pretty tangible impact on it. So one, maybe mention the website for people that are unfamiliar with the festival, if they want to check it out, but also the logistics. You mentioned staying and camping. What are the logistics? Like, how do you get around when you come to the festival? Just help people understand the festival a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so the, the website is just laurelcovemusicfestival.com. Uh, you mentioned earlier there's a wait list. We, I, I checked it this morning. We've got like 10 tickets left on that. So I'd say by the end of the day, we'll probably be sold out again. Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, Laurel Cove is a, is a difficult place to do a show. As perfect as it is, you know, aesthetically and acoustically for, for a show, all the logistics around it are pretty complicated to deal with. Uh, parking is an issue. Obviously, you know, there's there's only a certain amount of parking there. Lodging is an issue. Uh, you know, we've got a little less than 400 hotel rooms, I think, in Bell County total. And, you know, Airbnbs are starting to pop up at a much greater rate, which we need a lot more of them. Um, so that helps uh, quite a bit. But we try to mitigate some of that uh, as best we can. Shuttling is something that we, you know, the first thing we do is I'm actually working on the email to all our attendees right now to, you know, ask them if carpooling is an option, please carpool. Parking is super limited up there. But again, so we also will have shuttles that will go. Um, we actually um, are partnering with uh, one of the local school systems here um, who have been nice enough to lend us a few of their um, buses. So we're going to shuttle pe- folks that are staying in Middlesbrough at some of the hotels to the event and back. Even in-house, like, you know, where we have the Creekside stage, it's not a far walk. It's only about a five-minute walk. But, you know, there's a few people that that with health issues that, that can't do it. Um, so we have, um, you know, these six-seater golf carts that I steal off Jacob that we help uh, <laughs> take people down to the Creekside stage. So anything like that, you know, and the park runs a shuttle, too. They've got – they're going to run a van from um, the, the lodge and uh, the other campsite down. So we, we, we implement the shuttle thing to kind of help with the parking. Uh, we implement the golf carts to try to help people down, down to the second stage. And then, like I said, the camping was a huge thing. I think we didn't sell it out last year. Uh, we only sold about three quarters of the tickets last year. But And I think the reason was is there's, there's, there's no rooms left. There was no rooms within here to Knoxville. And without campsites, um, you know, there's just no place to stay. So you're, it puts a cap on what you can do. So, you know, we went into it this year cognizant of the fact that we had to have some campsites up there and uh, kudos to Rita and all her crew up there for making it happen because it was, it was the, the, the thing that allowed us to be able to sell it out. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely complicated. You know, we, we try to make sure we have all our, we, you know, even with the campings this year, we've got a, a huge eight, eight stall camping 
the like a trailer for showers that we're trying to bring in uh, to help people um, be comfortable and clean up there. Yeah. So, I mean, even thinking of all the little things like that is something that, you know, myself and, and my crew that helped me with this are uh, constantly working on. I also wanted to mention on your website, uh, people could check out, you, you call them the Laurel Cove sessions. If they, mm-hmm. if they want to see some past acts, I mean, it's an excellent resource to look at the past. If you, if you don't do anything the rest of the day, check out Sierra Farrell on those Laurel Cove sessions and she will blow you away. I guarantee it. Also, you have a Spotify playlist from this year's lineup. If anybody wants to go to Spotify, then check out Laurel Cove Music Festival and check out this year's lineup and, and a song or two from each of the uh, bands. Thank you. But also, since you're the tourism director, have a couple of rapid fire questions, just quick answers if you're if you're open to that, just to sure. get to know the region, get to know John a little bit. Sure. So what's your favorite thing to do in Bell County in the region? Um, if I'm not, you know, like I said, I love live music, but I, I love outdoors. So I would say uh riding my razor which i don't get to do very often or <laughs> fly fishing in a creek or on the river i love fly fishing so i'm uh, if i if i get the chance to do it uh, in in some of the creeks or uh, cumberland river around here I, that's that's my go-to nice they, they can check out your website too for a lot of information in regards to fly fishing i saw on there for sure um mm-hmm. what, what's your favorite spot or restaurant in bell county Man, there's a lot. I mean, it's been so great because I remember 10 years ago that we didn't have any restaurant. Like, it was all fast food. I want to get Taco Casa wanna, in the mall? Yeah, Taco Casa for sure. I'm Middlesbrough boy, yeah. I'd be, I'd be <laughs> remiss if I didn't say Taco Casa. Uh, I'm always a huge fan of them. I want to give a shout-out, though, to somebody, a new restaurant that's amazing. It's it's out in the county called um, Riverside Market and Grill. It's down right below the bridge to Boone's Ridge. They've opened up last winter. And they got a big patio that overlooks the river, and their food is phenomenal. I've only eaten there once, but I was I was like I was blown away how good it was. So nice, good shout out. Do you have a favorite beverage or bourbon? Since we are both Kentucky boys, if I'm yeah, I've, so I love I am a bourbon aficionado. If I had if if I was on death row and they gave me one bourbon on the rocks, and I that it would probably be Weller Twelve. Uh, that's a pretty uh common or cliche answer but that's pretty high-end stuff usually i will drink woodford if i can or i like knob creek and i like um i like evan williams man i mean like i've always that was always my go-to when i when i was didn't have a lot of money i would always drink yeah. Evan Williams. So. yeah and basil hayden's too I, I really like basil hayden's so. all good choices all good choices uh you know we had john here for laurel cove what's your favorite venue maybe even outside the region do you have one Oh man, that's a great question. Um, that I've ever been to Red Rocks is probably it. I, I went and saw Tyler Childers there in um, twenty nineteen, and it was it was pretty wild. It was it was yeah. I'll say Red Rocks. Uh, I've been to a lot of them though. There's there's so many. I, I'll give the Burrow a shout out. That's kind of uh, up in Lexington. That's one yeah. I go to quite a bit. The Bijou Theater, in Knoxville's. But yeah, I'll I'll go with uh I'll go with Red Rocks as top notch. So, do you have a favorite group or or band? That's yeah, like that's like naming your favorite child. Yeah, I, 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 so I grew up, my dad had a really weird taste in music, and we listened to everything from John Prine to Led Zeppelin to you know John Anderson to I mean 
old country, but I like heavy metal too. I'm weird. I, like I said, I like about everything. That's why it's so it's so hard for me to choose a favorite band because I like everything from Pantera to Ralph Stanley to Nas to you know 49 Winchester to Chris Knight and I mean so yeah I, I just like all kinds of music man I mean so since since you grew up in the 90s I grew up as a 90s child we've had people on here before from the region talking about growing up in the 90s and how they related to 90s rap 90s hip-hop of the struggle and how the struggle was similar to that in the Appalachian region do you have a favorite yeah. 90s rap group it was weird I didn't like hip-hop and as much as I, in high school and when it was going on I listened to it a little bit but you know in my college years I started listening more and more Nas is right up there probably my favorite MC Wu-Tang Biggie Rakim MC Doom I mean there's a lot of I listened to a lot of it man I oh, mean break, so, breaking out the MC Doom <laughs> yeah man I listened to like I said you know that's that's you know, I listened to a little bit of everything all right really important question biscuits or cornbread I'm a fan of either, but probably biscuits. Biscuits over cornbread. Can't go wrong there. I think both answers. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I won't turn away either, though. <laughs> a couple questions we always ask everybody. Um, what's the first thing you think of when I say the word Appalachian? Home. I mean, you know, there's there's been instances where people have to move off for their livelihood, but it's it's really great seeing a lot of younger people, especially, want to take an interest in their home. You know, the brain drain thing is real, man. If you lose your best and brightest, then it, it really makes improving your community harder. So seeing people like, you know, Jacob Rome, uh, Boone Bowling over here, uh, our new mayor of Middlesbrough, and just all these people that are are dedicated to to trying to find ways to improve their home. Nice. Shout out to Jacob Rome doing some incredible work over there at Main Street, Pineville. Uh, Likewise, yeah. That's my, that's my buddy right there. <laughs> another question we, we ground our podcast on place and perspective you mentioned home but we i wanted to ask you just where do you call home what makes it home for you what makes it unique so yeah i live in uh on the outskirts of corbin and whitley county now um a little place called spruce creek over by laurel lake um but i'm in bell county every day i mean i was born and raised here in middlesbrough um so you know somebody asked where's home even though i've lived in corbin for eight years now um middlesbrough is always home I can't imagine ever not being here. I mean, even if I didn't work here, I would still be down here as much as possible because, you know, I, I grew up on the south end of Middlesbrough and, uh, you know, that's always going to be home to me. And But Bell County in general, you know, like I said, that's, that's the great thing about our tourism commission. I really like it. I really like the fact that we represent both cities and the county. You know, a lot of commissions across the state some counties will have four tourism commissions and it, you know, sometimes it works, but oftentimes it's, it, it just turns, it, it, it's more divisive than anything in a lot of cases. So I really like the fact that, you know, our tourism commission is very, uh, it's for the whole County. So, you know, Middlesbrough and Pavel are home to me and, you know, the County too. So anything yeah. that, that, that I can do to, to help improve it is a, uh, is a blessing. Yeah, that's a great answer. I, I think that that's a common thread in people that were born there, raised there, to kind of have that same perspective and love for, you know, not only the, the town, the county, but the region, Appalachia in general. I, I want to thank you for being on the show, man. Thank you for taking the time. I want you to give you opportunities. Is there anything else you'd like to let our listeners know about the Laurel Cove Music Festival? I mentioned, man, I, I've talked to so many people that have been in the past 
that can't wait to go again, that can't wait to, even outside of the festival, can't wait to get back down to the region because they found things that they just love about southeastern Kentucky, about Bell County, about the region, just from coming to the Laurel Cove Music Festival. So is there anything you'd like to say? And, and I mentioned before, if you've never been, it's a special place, man. The Laurel Cove without the festival is a special place, but with the new music festival, the Mount Laurel Festival, which is coming up, it just makes it even that much more attractive. Is there anything you'd like to let our listeners know about the festival that we haven't touched on? Yeah, just just that I appreciate it, man. Like I said, we've got some, we got people coming, you know, by themselves from Alaska this year. We've got them coming from Western Canada. I mean, it's just it's just crazy to me because back in the day we would always have to travel to Lexington or Knoxville to see a show, and now it's reversed. You know, people are coming from the cities yeah. and coming down here. So it just means a lot that that people come down here and sold, and you know that it sold out uh, over a month in advance. Um, but you know, all, the other side is like, we've got a lot of other great events. So, uh, bellcountytourism.com, we have a calendar of events. Uh, so there's a lot of other things going on, whether it's the Levitt series in Middlesboro or the fall festival in Middlesboro, or, you know, the bell theater series that we do at the, at the bell theater in Pineville during the winter. We try to, we try to keep it pretty consistent, um, and do as much stuff as we can to, to, to bring folks here. Because like you said, what they'll do is they'll come for a few extra days and go hiking or go fishing or kayaking, or they'll come down here another time uh, when there's, you know, maybe nothing in particular they're coming for just to come and see the area. So I uh, just appreciate you helping us spread the word. And uh, thanks to everybody that's coming down. I want to thank you again, man, for being on the show, for all that you're doing for Pineville, for Bell County, for Millsboro, for the entire region there, all the work that you're doing. I know you said it doesn't seem like work to you, but it's really important for the residents, for the people of the region. So thank you for all, all you're doing and thank you for being on the show. Likewise, man. I appreciate it very much. It means a lot. I'm talking my tail and I'm running away I'd rather face the good God Almighty The good God Almighty Have mercy on me When it comes across And the good kind of woman That just scares the devil right out of me Well, man, golly, John bringing all the, all the good, telling us about everything, and I can't wait. I'll, I will be in attendance, just so you know. An awesome lineup. You know, we talked about it. He's really diversified the lineup this year, showcasing not only the talent in the region, but also the region through this festival. I mean, I'm excited about the future of this festival and how, you know, even though it, can, it, it, it has become a little bit more known, it's still keeping its small town identity. Yes, sir. You know me. I love the small town feel, and uh, I'm really looking forward to to the show. And really appreciate John coming on with us. Yeah, no more beautiful place like we talked about. I mean, I, I, words don't do it justice of how beautiful, how special a place the Cove is. You know, we tried to talk about it in an episode, but I still don't think it came through fully. It's kind of one of those things you gotta you gotta go and experience it to understand. 
Yep, I will experience and I will tell. So, listeners, stay tuned or join me. Absolutely. You, you know, it brings a little nostalgia to us. We grew up with the Mountain Laurel Festival, going up there, catching catching salamanders, watching the, the pageant. But now with this music festival, it's a whole new experience of utilizing this space, utilizing this tourism, marketing for the region. It's just awesome. Awesome for Pineville, awesome for Bell County, awesome for Middlesbrough, awesome for the entire region. It's awesome for Appalachia. It's bringing people from everywhere. Let's represent, you know, that Red Rocks of Appalachia. We'll take that moniker and go and run with it. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it, Will. Do you have a business of the week for us to highlight? I do, man. Since uh, John mentioned this new restaurant there in Pineville in the area, I wanted, we wanted to just highlight it as the app biz of the week. It's the Riverside Market and Grill. If you're in the area, if you're in the area for the Lara Cove Music Fest, check it out. It has its own Facebook page. I don't think it has a website yet. It's got an incredible menu. It's the Riverside Bar and Grill there in Brownings Creek in Pineville, Kentucky, right on the river. So if you're in town for the festival, either festival, two weekends in a row, check it out. We just wanted to wrap it up. Thank John again for being on the episode, for all he's doing there in Pineville as a tourism director. You know, you could you could hear his passion come across in the episode, how much love he has, not only for the region, but for Appalachia in general. Appreciate his time. Absolutely. And I guess, Neil, since we're towards the end of the episode, we can end it like we usually do. Till next time. Peace. In northern lane, lost and lonesome. Crowds walk by as he stands still. Hey, mountain boy, up in the flatlands. This is his darling back in the hills. Damn cold.
Where 